0: moto america fans it's time for another episode of off track with Carruthers and vice you'll laugh you'll cry and you may even learn something from this unlikely
1: pair and their special guest the mic is yours paul and sean hey everybody this is paul caruthers i'm the communications manager for moto america and this is our weekly podcast off track I'm joined today by Sean Weiss, as I always am on a weekly basis. Um, Sean's in Ohio. I'm in California. We get together once a week to talk about all things Moto America. Good morning, Sean. How are you?
0: Yeah, hey, doing well. Got a little cold today, but uh, it's not because of the change in seasons because it's still 90 degrees here in central Ohio. So I don't know how I got a cold, but uh, just makes my voice a little more FM DJ like, I guess. So um, You weren't
1: kissing Umbrella Girls at that show, were you?
0: Boy, I'll tell you the one that was there, um, Leslie. She's a, she's a sweet girl, but no, no, I'm definitely it's I I go by that uh, that restaurant um, model that, uh, and I don't mean model as in supermodel. I I mean when you go into a uh, um, restaurant, you know you can sit, and if you've already eaten and you're full, you can sit. You can read the menu. You can sit there and enjoy seeing what's what's on the menu, and that's all I do with these umbrella girls. So <laughs> uh, you're, you're I don't get too close. Out. Out.
1: <laughs> uh, all right well guess it's worked for you so far
0: yeah exactly but it was a good show Um, that not you know it's cool that it was nearby me and um you know i was able to go in pretty easily and join a couple you know a couple of the guys uh jason and uh dennis and um drake beecham was there for a little bit too but you know it was a pretty good turnout i actually was real impressed ohio's pretty good for motorcycling and i and i talked to a lot of people and there were people there from Indiana. There were a few people came down from New York state. So I think it drew from a pretty good, pretty large area. Um, but you know, what was the craziest thing about that show, Paul is I cannot get over how many electric motorcycles there are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody's, I think
0: it, everybody's got them.
1: Yeah. And I see the bicycle things really blown up. I rode my bicycle a lot and I'm always seeing people on electric bikes and I don't know. I'm kind of torn about it. You know, I, it's good that they're out there. And I I always, the, the, with the bicycles, I always think, okay, it's a good idea if somebody's not in shape and they can use that to get in shape and then maybe ride a real bicycle. But, yeah. then, but you know, I don't, I don't know how, if that actually happens or not, or if they just continue to ride electric bicycles. It does piss me off when I get passed by, like, some fat guy on an electric bicycle with big fat tires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I start cursing electric bikes at that point. But, you know, it's probably my problem, not theirs. So I'll just have to oh, get man, over it. Oh, man, if
0: we live closer, I'd totally have to get one of those so I could smoke you. That would be great. <laughs> there,
1: oh, there, was the, the, there was one time I was climbing this hill. This was before electric bikes. So it really freaked me out, but I was climbing this big hill and I'm slowly catching this guy, but barely not catching him. So it's like normal. So I'm like, oh, this guy's probably on a good bike. He's in shape well, I caught up to the guy and he was like a homeless guy on a beach cruiser. And he, <laughs> he, 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 he had like, he, he was, you know, he was dirty. He had jeans on with holes in them and he's standing up on this beach cruiser that has one gear and not the right one. And he's just climbing this hill, basically the same speed I was on my, you know, thousands of dollar bike and whatever. So anyway, but. That is we, fantastic. We that.
0: Thing thing that drives me crazy around here is there's a fair number of bicyclists in our area, but you get those people that have the dad bod like me. I think the first person that ever told me, uh, I had a dad bod was the guy that the guest sits on our show that we're going to talk to in a minute. But anyway, there are a lot of people around here with dad bods that wear those um, those cycling, the cycle gear. And it's like, come on, I would never wear that right now. I mean, I shorts and a t-shirt. Brush. Yeah, there's no way. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. You got, you got to be in pretty good shape to not look really bad in that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wear it, but we'll see. Yeah, you're in um, shape, though. Yeah, rounds of shape. <laughs> anyway, let's bring on our guest. We're happy today to have, um, wow, a four-time Moto America Superbike champion. Four times. times—that's that makes me feel old because it seems like we just started, but this guy's won four championships out of the last five years, and all of his championships have come in the Moto America era, so... He didn't have uh, he didn't have a superbike title before we got started. So he's kind of uh, he's kind of grown up and come of age with with our series as as we've grown. And really, he's uh, at this point you'd have to say you know he's he's he probably doesn't want to hear this, but he's the face of Moto America. I mean, he's been around for uh, for the for the full time. And, and like I said, he's won he's won the most races. He's won the most championships. and He's been the most successful guy in our series. Obviously, I'm talking about Cameron Bobier who recently clinched his, uh, his fourth title in our last round at Barber. Basically coming back from the dead in this championship. I mean, <clears throat> I'm a pretty big Cameron Bobier fan and, and I'd gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, this isn't going to happen. But, um, when, when you get three seconds and four wins in the last seven races, it just goes to show that, um, anything can happen and you don't give up. And this guy's, uh, This guy's a perfect example of not giving up. Um, After he crashed at Sonoma and things looked pretty damn dismal, you know, he continued to put his head down and and fought to the bitter end. And as it turned out, he uh, he came out of this with another title. So let's welcome Cameron to uh, to our little party here. I heard him earlier as we started the show. It sounded like he was making coffee. So. Hopefully he's all I thought that's what that was. I was, bre- I yeah. was brewing up a Keurig. Yeah, brewing I can hear beer. it. I can hear it. But hopefully you're all jacked <laughs> up on Mountain Dew and ready to go. <laughs> it's my second cup. I'm shaking.
0: What are you uh, what's your chosen Keurig, Cameron?
2: Um, I got the I don't I don't know. I don't know. Honest I got the Keurig coffee that makes iced coffee. So I don't but know. But I mean what's the cup that thing that is, you but... use? Okay, so you're having oh, iced coffee. Star, Star, Star. Oh, I'm Starbucks breakfast blend.
0: Breakfast okay. Blend. Gotcha. Very nice. Well, as a Starbucks stockholder, I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're, We're good. you How has this? Well, like when I talked to you at the banquet, it still didn't seem very real because I mean it was us the day before. Well, actually, I talked to you at the banquet the next morning. I mean, at the uh, at the museum there when we did that round table thing for TV. And even I could tell then you were kind of like me is like, did this really even happen? Like pinch me if this is true. So you got to still be feeling like that or is it settled in? I
2: still, it's settled in a little bit, but still, I mean, like when I talk about it to my friends and uh, family who, who, you know, they watch at home and stuff like that. But like when I explain things and like explain how everything went there at the end, like, it's just crazy. We, we even got in that position going into, going into Sunday. if you look on paper, Tony won I think he won the last three out of four races or something like that, uh, at Barber and uh and and yeah, and we I mean, yeah, it was just crazy sitting seven points out and uh knowing I had to win and he had to get third to to win the championship by I don't know, two points or something like that. And if you look back on, you know, a few races back, uh, we were pretty much out of it multiple times and I, I pretty much wrote the championship off a couple, yeah, two three times throughout the year, and it was like, all right, like, just go try to win races, make make the most out of uh, the rest of the races, and then it slowly started coming back to us, and and man, I was, I was, I was shocked, honestly. I think the whole team was. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool and it's pretty amazing. That um, we've been able to wrap up four championships together with Yamaha in the last four out of six years. And it's, it, it sounds, I mean, it just seems kind of unreal to me how, how it's all c- come together. And especially this year, too. But uh, it definitely was, it was a really tough season on us. Like for whatever reason, some years you have, you know, super smoothie. I feel like last year we struggled through the first two rounds a little bit. And then we, uh, then we started reeling off some wins and, and I felt, I felt super, like we, we had a pretty dominant year towards the end of the year there last year and, uh, or mid midway to last, to the, to the last round. Uh, but this year was, it was the opposite, man. Like we were struggling with little things here and there with my, with the bike. And then when everything was good and like everything was going good for like Pittsburgh, for example, then I would go make a mistake. And it was just like, like little mistake after little mistake and uh things just were not going sl- smooth um but i think it made me appreciate the years that do go good you know what i'm saying so but then when you know when everything had to when everything had to go good it went good at the last round like everything went went smoothly and uh things played out exactly like they needed to for us which is still you know it's still pretty crazy but i feel like I feel like yeah, we won the championship. Um but honestly, for for whatever reason Tony was struggling at the last two rounds, which isn't really like him and uh it's it, it wasn't the same Tony that we're used to seeing. So,
1: I'm I'm not really sure what happened, but uh I'll, I'll take it and run with it. When did you actually believe that you were going to win this championship? I mean, was that Saturday after the race or was it, it
2: Yeah, yeah, so going into Barber like we were still what 17 points out or something. And there was like a glimmer of hope, but, uh, it, I mean, we, we were still, I mean, we were, yeah, we were optimistic, but it's a long shot. Right. But then after, after the way, um, Friday shaped up, I was like, man, like we, we might have a chance. And then, after saturday we like i won the race, Garrett got second, Tony got third and I was like like holy crap, like but like, we like we might be able to do this, you know what I'm saying? And uh woke up sunday morning and um his pace was a little Tony's pace was a little bit better and uh and warm up on sunday I was like, "Oh man, like like today's going to be a tough day and and uh it just worked out, but I think one big thing that helped me this year is uh, is Garrett's like Garrett's rise Um, he, you know, I think he picked up some serious speed, like mid part midway throughout the season and, uh, and some confidence. And he was reeling off a a couple wins here and there. And, uh, it kind of kicked my butt in gear and, uh, we were able to, to take it to him the last two
1: rounds, which is, which is really good. I think that worked actually in two ways, because I think And I said this on the podcast last week, I think it it not only did it kick you into gear, but I think it also made Tony like, oh, crap, you know, I got two of these guys I got to deal with instead of just one. And I think that kind of had a little effect on him, especially going into that last round.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that. It uh, It was pretty crazy how it all shaped out, that's for sure.
0: You know, Cameron. So, I, a couple of people in the media center told, asked me or, or suggested that you that you guys found something in the Yamaha towards the end of the year. And I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not saying that you didn't win that that championship. It, it and that Tony lost it. That's not it at all. You still had to do your job. But I had said at the time. I said, I don't know. It feels like you know. It's more. It's a more on Tony than anything. But do you? Did you guys find anything in the bike? Was there anything that? worked out not you don't have to say specifically but just you know did you step up with something that maybe if maybe changed things for you at in the end
2: um to be honest like no not not really um we we've been messing with some electronic stuff all year mainly on like uh like engine braking and and stuff like that um but i was i I was kind of struggling with it and just I don't know, for whatever reason, like, I, I felt like I was fighting my bike more than flowing with it this year, um, and yeah, I mean, you can see on paper that, like, I was off uh, at a couple tracks, just just time-wise, on uh, lap time-wise on what I did last year, and we basically put everything back exactly how we raced, raced the thing with the last two rounds, and we didn't mess with too much, especially the last round. And I just rode the thing, how, um, uh, how it was set up pretty much all last year. And it's a bike I, I know, and I can, I can trust and I can ride hard and, uh, and yeah, I mean, everything, everything went to plan, but, um, like I was saying, I think, I think Gerloff, um, stepping it up made me step it up too, because, you know, we're when we test and and the practices and stuff like that you always want to beat your teammate right um i feel like we have a pretty good i don't know we we just have a really good team a really good strong team we all have like i feel like garrett and i both have like a good mutual respect for each other obviously we want to we want to beat each other but it's kind of weird how everything um comes like full circle you know like i remember i was like the underdog with Hayes and uh still a lot of respect for Hayes and and uh, everything he's done, and and uh, but obviously it's your teammate. It's the first guy. It's the first guy you want to beat. So it's it's funny that I'm. I feel like I'm kind of. I mean, I'm only 26 or whatever, but like I was, I'm kind of in in Hayes' shoes, and Garrett's stepping up and winning races and winning races, and it's just different being on the the other side of the
1: spectrum. So it'll be nice to ship that guy off to Europe then. <laughs> <laughs> I got a quick question. When, when is it? Like I can imagine, like if 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 it's you against Tony and you guys are rivals, but he's like in another truck. I can't imagine what it's like when when you actually start to get to that point, like you are like you were with Garrett this year, where you guys would come in and you're competing. Sometimes he's faster than you, sometimes you're faster than him, but you both go into the same truck. Is that difficult, or do you just deal with it?
2: Uh, I mean, not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe there was a point in the season where I was like struggling pretty good and he was, um he was rolling with some good momentum that I was just like, ah, man. And then he turns on his freaking Spanish music and starts, <laughs> starts singing along. No, it, but uh, no, I think for the, like I said, for the most part, like, like uh, we got nothing but respect for each other. And like, yeah, we joke around laughing in the, in the in the truck and then you know when it's race time it's race time and right but I mean we we've got we've we've spent quite a bit of time together you know we lived together for a little bit here in California and uh yeah he's 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 one of my one of my buddies for sure. Well
1: I've got to admit I've got to admit something like if it was Sean and I and we were on the same team because we're kind of on the same team now but if we were on the same team and like, I noticed he was like, you know, starting to get a little edge on me or whatever, I would put like itching powder in the crotch of his leathers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. And I hate jokes too. (laughs) You know, it's funny though, about that thing with the team thing. Now this is for, for the listeners or our, our podcast fans. One of the things that's interesting is when Yamaha had two trucks, there was a hospitality truck and and the team truck. And back when, when Hayes and and Cameron were uh, teammates, they would be in completely different trucks that had separate lounges in them. So, you know, a good example was that time that um, Josh ran into the back of you, Cameron, and I know you guys handled it really well, but it still was pretty helpful that you went to different trucks and kind of, you know, had had time to think about it. I remember going to each of the trucks and talking to you guys, but you haven't had any moments like that with with Cameron. But um, to that point, it's got it. It's got to be tough when really, arguably, one of your, well, your one of your greatest rivals is is right there sharing the space with you and, you know, playing his Spanish music and all that kind of stuff. Do you discuss like, you know, strategy or anything like that when
2: you're, when you're together like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, honestly, not, not so much strategy, but we talk about the bike and like what we're struggling with and what we change to make it better. And um, I feel like that's, I feel like that's pretty rare coming from, I mean, yeah, two guys try I feel like like our goal was to uh to, to beat Tony, you know what I'm saying? Like we were both like striving for the for the same goal. And uh and yeah, he had a little problem with his bike there at Pittsburgh that kinda, you know, set him back a little bit. And uh I mean yeah, but I think like I said, I feel like it's pretty rare to have like a, a, a teammate like that to that you can bounce things off of and say, Oh, I'm going with this tire. I'm going with this, or I did this with my front end and it was a little better. I did this with my uh, TC or engine brake, stuff like that. Like we would bounce stuff like that off each other. Um, And I think, I think it was, I think that's really kind of what propelled us to to the success we had the last couple of rounds. So um, it's always, it's tough having a fast teammate, but at the same time, like it's, it it helps you i mean it does the motivator just yeah yeah
0: paul so tell tell cameron i mean well tell the tell the listeners about uh after the first i think it was the first qualifying practice session at barber the fr- after the first time they were on the new surface and you made a point of talking to both tony and cameron about how they liked the surface T- tell everybody about what you what your the reaction was to that from cameron and, and tony
1: well i i think i talked to tony first um and he was—I was just surprised because he—he he was pretty down on the on the track and 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 came across like he didn't like it anymore. Um, the bumps were gone and the surface was new, and I think he was a little sketched out about it. And he also had that pretty big crash. Um, whereas Cameron's comments were always positive, like "Oh, I love this," you know, "This is great, this is great." And I think most of the time when you ask a racer, like. Like it's, it, it's a question we often ask them like, Hey, what's your favorite track on the calendar? What's the one you hate the most? And most of them, most of them will maybe tell you what their favorite one is, but then they won't tell you what their worst one is because I think they don't want to have a negative feeling about it. Cause they've got a race there anyway, but I, it just came across to me that right. Tony was a little bit negative and a little bit down about the track. And I think that kind of, you know, I think that just worked in his head a little bit. Whereas Cameron was the opposite. He didn't have anything but good things to say about the track and how excited he was to ride on it. And and Garrett was the same. Garrett was like Garrett was like a kid in the candy store when I did a lap around the track with him in the pace car on, uh, on Thursday afternoon. He's like, oh, I can't wait to ride the track. Well, you know what I mean? So I think it was just a little bit of a different time, uh, a little mindset there that, I don't know, this stuff kind of plays into things. I think just your attitude going into something like that
0: so now that it's all said and done cameron do you do you were you genuine in what you were saying did you like the fact that they resurfaced it and was it something you felt good about going into that weekend
2: yeah i i thought the surface was was pretty awesome i mean obviously the first session it was it was a little sketchy i would say the whole first day was a little sketchy um just the way i don't know like it seemed like you had a lot of grip on the on the side of the tire um, on the gas, but for whatever reason on diesel, like when you would, when you chop the gas, um, uh, and like, and lose the, I don't know, the t- chain tension or something like that, the, the rear would come around big time. Like I had a couple big moments on Friday and, uh, Saturday morning as well. And, and I mean, yeah, Dunlop had to bring their hardest option tires and, uh, they were still shredding up a little bit, um, on the right side. So I think. I think Barbara did a really good job, though, with it, um, and I think uh, I think it's only going to get better. I mean, it always takes a track like a year or so to come in or a year or two or something like that, but um, yeah, I loved it. It was like baby butt smooth. It was, uh, it was weird because it gave you the sensation that you're going slower than, than we've done before or than we've gone before, but we were, I don't know, a second faster race pace than we were there last year, if not more, so... Uh, yeah last last year you broke the track record and we thought you were on pace to do it again this year and we thought
0: for sure you were going to do it in super pole until they took the softer Q out do you think that was a good decision
2: to do that you couldn't have done a, a full lap on a cue on that track uh it would have been close like maybe one full lap but honestly i it, it was weird though because in super pole the tire that red tire sorry, my dog is being loud uh that red tire that we used in super pole, um, didn't really have much more grip than the, than the actual race tire, which is not the case. Like when you throw a Q on or a super, a super pole tire, like those things, it's like super glue. Like you're so hooked up. And, uh, that wasn't really the case with, uh, with those, those, the tires from Barber. but, um, yeah, I think Barber did a pretty good job. Like it's, I love it. And yeah, it sucks that, uh, I mean, yeah, Tony. Tony came in struggling a little bit with it, but uh, yeah, I think we just we did good.
1: We made the most of it and crushed it. In that second race, when you ran off in turn one, um, I mean, was it was it almost panic time, or what, what's going through your head at that point?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was honestly. Um, I was like, no, like I, I mean. Yeah, like I said in the press conference, I tried. I just let off the front brake and I was trying to kind of go around the outside of uh, of Heron and I just got in a super bad spot because he got in there hot. And uh, I think that, man, like if it was last year, I don't know if they put a curb out there or what that's new, but I don't remember that curb being there because I, I did the same thing a couple years ago. I ran right off the tra- I got the whole shot and ran right off the track and turned uh, turn one. And I don't remember a curb being there, so I'm super happy they put that curb there. And, uh, cause I could have been even further back and made it harder on myself. But yeah, I mean, in a sense, I almost think it was good for me cause I just put my head down and I didn't think about like, I don't riding on eggshells or nothing. Cause I, I, I couldn't, I just had to go, like I had to put my head down and, uh, and and go and it worked out. So, um,
1: it seems like you're, you're, this is kind of odd, but it seems like your best races your best racing, and your fastest laps are always after you screw up. Yeah,
2: I know. It's pretty stupid. So maybe you should not screw up. (laughs) Maybe you should quit screwing up. (laughs) (laughs) I know, seriously. Is is that just because you're like, God dang it? (laughs) It was – no, yeah, no, yeah. I think – well, the track too, it was was weird because I feel like – You know, every year we've gone there with the old pavement, like when it gets hotter and hotter throughout the day, you lose grip. Like the track gets greasy and, and it was almost like the track picked up grip, the hotter it got, which is, uh, which is strange. I think, I think we had like 140 degree track temps or something like it was, it was pretty nuts And, and the tires hung in there good. And, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was shocked when I was coming by and looking at my lap timer and uh, when Garrett was out in front of me, and I was I was trying to chase, and uh, I was seeing twenty three eight or twenty four, like I was I was like, man, this it's uh, it was a good feeling for sure. But
0: I bet you know, in watching your career, I mean, I, I've always said. I don't know if this is much of an insight or not, but, you know, I've always said with you, Cameron, what Paul said about, you know, you always do better after something happens. Well, I've always felt like, you don't you don't really make the same mistake twice. And you may say, well, I've done, I have made that same mistake twice. I've low sided at some point or whatever, but it seems like you clearly do learn from something you did. And it's like, well, okay, there's, there's something I shouldn't do. So I'm not going to do that again. Would you, would you say that's, that's true about how you ride?
2: Maybe a little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah, there has been multiple mistakes I've made twice in a row. But I think one big thing that helped me this year is, um, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't win quite as many races as, as I've won the past couple years. But um, I just feel like when I'm when I'm in a spot where I'm struggling and I feel like I'm not I'm not flown with my bike, and uh, I just try to make it work. You know, in the past, I try to make it work and I end up crashing. I end up on my head and uh and you're just kicking yourself cuz you lost all those points and stuff like that. I feel like this year I I mean I crashed out of two races, but those are literally my two out two crashes throughout the year. And uh yeah, I think I only crashed twice or three times out of the year and I think wow. That really helped me this year because um I was way more consistent than I have been in the past and like I was able to I was able to settle when I knew you know, like we were, we could, we could end up crashing. You know what I'm saying? Like I settled for a second or I settled for a third or even at Utah, I had to settle for a fourth, but I still, I still rolled the thing off the track. You know, I didn't, I didn't end up in the gravel trap. So I think that was a big, a big, uh, help this year. You were
0: the subject of one of our most popular videos ever. It, they they call it uh, they've called it a unicorn because it was so much it had so many more views, and it's that uh, crazy pogo stick ride you took at Utah. Um, can you talk about that yeah. when that happened? Was that crazy?
2: Yeah, it happened so fast that I was like, I could not believe. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a big old moment, but it didn't feel like it happened so quick that it didn't really feel. Like crazy. I just kept going, right? Um but yeah, then I watched the video back and I was like, what the hell? Like my, my wheels came off the ground and stuff. It was it was uh yeah, pretty nuts. Like I had a couple moments this year where like Pittsburgh, he came over turn two and I had that big old moment right there. Like I had a couple moments this year that just like put me back in perspective on like, dude, like this like my bike it's a freaking it's you got to respect that thing for sure but yeah
1: uh, it's good for our social media though yeah. when you do that so don't <laughs> stop
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we appreciate that you did that that was pretty awesome no, i think that that yeah. thing blew up it that really
2: did it's really good yeah. yeah
0: what one of the things about your season each year cameron for a while now is the fact that you've had you know we've had sonoma on the schedule and being living in roseville not far from Sacramento and not not certainly not far from Sears Point and uh, and Sonoma Raceway it's kind of your home track your fans are there you've just owned that track so much this year of course you had a crash so that was kind of unusual for you but we won't have that track on the schedule next year did you when it was on there did you feel some comfort in the fact that hey there's one I'll be home and I, I've done so well at it and how do you feel about next year not having it on the on the schedule?
2: Yeah. I'm, it's, uh, it's hard to say, like, it's weird because yeah, it is my home track. It's the closest track to, uh, to my hometown and my friends and family get to go out there and stuff. But like, I really haven't spent that much time riding there because um, they had like for their, I don't know, their, their insurance deal. I couldn't ride there when I was, when I was younger. And so I didn't even ride that track until I came home from Europe when I was like, 17 or something um but for whatever reason i just i just always clicked with it like it's uh it's that track's pretty it's got like a hidden flow to it you know it's um it's it's a handful on a big bike but i remember i used to love riding there on a 600 like it's a good 600 track but to be 100 percent honest like (laughs) normally one of your favorite tracks are are the tracks like you 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 do good at, right? But like that is not one of my favorite tracks by any means. It's uh I feel like this year especially I realize how how like dangerous it it is in a couple spots. Um just with the bumps and some of the seams and stuff like that and some close walls. Um and I've I'm honestly kinda happy we're not going there. Yeah, it sucks that it's not it's not on there's not a you know a Northern California round um other than laguna but uh i'm really excited to try that ridge that new ridge track that got replaced or that you guys replaced with uh with sonoma so i think i've heard some good things about it zemke has ridden up there a couple times and he said that it's uh you're just kind of riding through the forest and it's got a it's got a really cool flow to it so and i think it's a newer track i think the the pavement's good and uh yeah i'm excited to to try. And you're already the sure.
1: Moto America king of Indianapolis because we've had two races there and you won them both.
2: <laughs> so you can just pretend <laughs> that's your Sonoma. Yeah, that's awesome too. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I'm excited to go to Indy too. Like, Indy was super fun um, on the R1 a few years ago, 2015, I think, is when we when we went there. That was that was good. Boy, the last year, the last
0: year we went there, I, I'll never forget how you. You would, you would always come into turn one and pass, I guess, I think it was Tony. You you would go by him, and um, you'd always get him at, at the end of that straightaway a lot of times. At least, that I guess that was the old bike for Suzuki, but it was just something that no matter know, what he rog. did. He was, yeah, um, Yeah, oh, Tony Roger. wasn't here okay, yet. Yes, yeah. that's right. Okay, that's right. You'd always catch him at the end of that straightaway, right, and pass him there.
1: That was kind yeah, of a, that was a, that was, a good, that was
2: a good track we need we need a turnout like they get for the 500 out there Paul.
1: Yeah, well, you know what I am going to take you, you know like on a up what? Yeah, Do you remember was, that. That was that was, that was a good trip. I enjoyed that. But um
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for people that don't remember Cameron and uh Josh Hayes prior to well, it was the day morning of the Indy 500, um they took a lap around the track and I think it was Josh that wheelied and Cameron was you know just the two of them on the track and it was just treated like royalty the entire day paul was there and we all were there but they were in a they were in a red carpet line and you know jeff gordon is next to him david letterman's there and you got josh and cameron being interviewed by the media that was that was quite an event uh
2: at that point wasn't it cameron i just yeah it was pretty cool i just remember like doing the lap on the track and uh we were still hours before the race was going to start and i could not I'd never been in a place with that many, you know, fans or people uh, surrounding the track before. It was, it was. Uh, and he was liked the funnel much.
1: cakes too. I love funnel <laughs> cakes. First funnel cake.
0: Uh, <laughs> um. So. We talked. We talked about not going to Sonoma next year and, and the Ridge, and you've talked about looking looking forward to it. And of course, Indy. So you know, I can't. I think that kind of begs the question: as much as you can say, are, will you be back in our series next year? You know, uh, and will you be racing Superbike with us? Uh,
2: uh, most likely, yeah. Um, that's how everything's leaning right now. Is I'm going to uh, stay here with Yamaha. And try to defend my title um it's it's like a tough it's i'm in like a kind of a tough situation right now you know like i'm super grateful for what i've had here um been able to to win five titles with with uh yamaha and we i've been racing for him since 2012 and uh we say it a lot but it really is like a like a second family it's it's uh I love all those guys and we work super good together and um I I just enjoy the race weekends with them and every time I get to spend with them it's it's pretty cool and you know I'm making I'm making good money I I get to go home after every race and stuff like that but at the same time I want to I do want to go to Europe and I want to race the the top guys and stuff like that but like I have too good of a situation right now to uh to leave and and to, to give up, like, I don't want to give up what I have here, um, for something I'm uh, for the unknown. So, uh, until I get a good offer over there, like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm content and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with
1: what I'm, what I'm doing here. Well, that's a nice, honest answer anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So I mean, it's
2: tough. Okay. I mean, it's, it, it is like a tough, situation because i know like a lot of people want me to go over there and i do as well too but uh like i said like i'm i'm getting i get to go home after every race and i'm still racing world-class guys here and uh i'm on a bike that i know obviously that can win races and win championships and um and yeah it's just it's it's uh i'm in a good situation right now. let's
1: pretend Let's pretend that Garrett's going to go to World Superbike because I think there's a very good chance that he will. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good person for Moto America to send over there. Don't would you agree with that, Cameron? Just based on his age and obviously his talent and his drive and the fact that he really wants to do it. it, it are you in agreement with me on that?
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think he'd be really. I think he'd be a really good. Uh, I think he'd be the the guy to go over there. I think. I mean he's a couple years younger than me he's hungry like he he wants to live in Europe he didn't get to go race over there as a kid like JD and Gagne and Hayden and and myself like he's never experienced that so I think uh you know you know yeah you know Garrett like he likes speaking Spanish and stuff like that. he's just uh he want he wants to do something different and go and go uh travel around and and race on the the world stage and i think it's i think that's really cool and i honestly think he's gonna do really really good if he if he gets the shot so um yeah i i think it'll look really good for us too if he does do well over there
1: and my it's open funny doors, because so. i almost think like he's switching spots with tony because all tony wants to do is be an american and race here and garrett garrett just wants to wake up one day and be spanish and racing there so it's kind of it's kind of funny they're like trading places or whatever that movie was
0: yeah it is true um cameron hey i want to ask you so a couple years ago you know um when josh was on the team and he won that fourth title and it was like oh man four time four superbike championships it, are you kind of amazed that you have matched him as quickly as you have and that you have matched him at all? And, you know, if, if indeed you come back next year, you have a shot at, you know, surpassing that. I mean, maybe if you keep going, you can even, you know, break uh Mladen seven. I know it's hard. That would be, that's a lofty thing, but you got the four very quickly. Um, did you ever think that you were going to tie or surpass Josh Hayes at some point?
2: Yeah. Uh like, not really. To be honest, I mean, I it's still crazy, crazy to me that we've we've wrapped up four championships already. You know, I'm at at uh 26, and I I'm super proud of that. Um, obviously, uh, obviously, it's not me, just me. It's it's the entire team and every every little part that um ties everything together. But uh, it is crazy, man. Like, I think he has. Damn near twice the race wins I do, or something like that, which I want to chase down. But, uh, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. But just because I'm not going to Europe next year, uh, doesn't mean like it's, it's just written off. Like I really do want to get over there and, and, uh, and see what I have for those, those boys. That's for sure. Um, I just feel like next year isn't, isn't the year for me. So, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable that we're, we're even in this spot and uh I'm just, I'm super thankful f- for what I got. That's for sure.
0: I also want to ask you about a guy that I know you think a lot of and, and I do too, and have had the chance to work with him and, just, just love the guy. He's won 21 national championships in Canada and the U S and he's, uh, been your crew chief longer than he's been a crew chief for any other rider in his career. Um, what, talk to us a little bit about what, what Rick, Rick Hobbs means to you, meant to you, and always will mean to you and your Hobbsy,
2: um, I know I'm going to miss that guy, man. I'm I, well, there's a <laughs> list of people that are going to miss that guy in the pits, but he really is like the, the best all around guy. Like he's, like if you look at his resume or his his stats are just unreal. Like all the people he's worked with, you know the Nikki Haydens and the I don't know the Edwards and there's just so many guys the Goberts. Like he's had he's worked with so many different guys and uh, I'm I'm proud to say that like we worked together. The, or I was his longest rider, which <laughs> is kind of cool, you know, at six years or whatever, six season six seasons. But uh, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss him a lot. He was, he was the key to, um, like all our all our success. I think just his his demeanor and stuff, and the way he carries himself. Um, it's it just worked really good for me. He's a mellow guy. I'm a mellow guy, uh, but he has like this. Um, I don't know. He's he's uh, he's got this like this this like respect thing about him like he's uh like it's like he's super mellow but like he he everyone respects him That's how I'm trying to find yeah. the right word to to explain that but yeah he's i mean he's just uh yeah it's just an all-around great guy I'm going to I'm going to miss him for sure I was telling everybody at the at the awards banquet and and my team too um I was like ready to go you know the last round last race of the season uh, we were on the grid on the pre-grid and uh he goes to like give me a knuckle and walk off and like it's just a warm-up lap and then you race right green or the red red lights go out and uh i see his like bottom lip quivering and he's like tearing up on me when he gives me a freaking fist bump and i was like dude you can't do that to me right now and like my heart just sank i was like oh like it just hit me and i was like i gotta race right And then now. you ran
1: off into turn uh, one and almost but, crashed
2: uh, he's uh and then I ran out. Yeah, so it's his fault. There would have been some real tears <laughs> if he actually did it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely been a huge, a huge key to all my success and our, our success as a team. And um, and yeah, I've been so lucky to work with that guy for sure. I'm sure he's gonna enjoy sipping his wine at uh, on Lake Havasu and. And enjoying his time with Jill and I hope they get like a motorhome or something cool. and come see us at the races. Hey, That's for
1: sure. Sean, I'm gonna go ahead and, and give you one last question. You have probably got twenty questions, but I want this guy to be able to go back to sipping coffee and maybe training or playing video games or something. Hey Cameron, real quick, do you got anything fun planned for the off season other than other than the training and the normal stuff?
2: Um, yeah, I well yeah, just since the season's been over, I've been I went to a concert with uh, my friends and uh, Shelby and then uh, been golfing a little bit, been riding some moto with my buddies and I'm going to, I'm actually, I got a couple things planned. I'm going on a desert trip with my family and some friends here in a couple weeks. And then uh, after that, um, Shelby and I are going to Maui with her family and some more friends. So it's going to, it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty fun next couple months and i never i mean i've been a lot of cool places for racing motorcycles and stuff but i've never been on like an actual vacation yeah and it is better beach and stuff
1: so <laughs> i'm right, looking forward all. to that's I've cool in there sean you got anything <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I want, my last question was really, I wanted to ask about Rick because I knew being with, that he retired so that I didn't really have a follow-up other than that. But um, I'm glad to hear, you know, Cameron, you say that. I mean, it really underscores the fact that that Yamaha team is, is a family and, um, you know, with, with whatever you do next year, I mean, parts of that family will continue in some way where it will be interested and anxious to, to hear what that's going to be. But, um, you know, if it turns out, as, as it looks that you're going to be back in our series, we're we're excited to have you and, and, uh, you know, let the battles begin again, because there's some great riding in that and super bike class and, you know, it's stacked again for next year. So be good.
2: I, I agree with that. Like, I think, uh, I think this year, definitely it's been, well, for sure, for, for me, it's been the most stacked it's ever been. Like we've had five different race winners and, uh, and, that's not even including like Maddie Schultz and gone yet. Like there's so many, so much, so much good talent out there right now. Um, and it makes it tough, but it's, it's great. Like, I feel like it's great for us riders, you know, it's just making us elevate our game and it's great for the series. So I hope we, uh, we see some more of it. I think if Bobby moves up to Superbike, like that would be awesome. I think Andrew Lee will be fast. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, Moto America's
1: and I told him already, Sean, spot. that I'm gonna work his ass off this year and make him do all that PR stuff that he doesn't like. So that should be fun. Cool. You're you, yeah, you're right. doing every yeah, single was, race. Not you're that. the face of Moto America. Yep, you're it. Yeah, you're, right. you're the spokesperson. Our spokesperson. You're our no, spokesperson. what's a what's a famous spokesperson? <laughs> you gotta know one there, Sean. Oh uh well the, he's
0: the mario andretti um yeah.
1: he's mario not andretti. he's not 80. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
0: no i don't mean in age but in stature well, and all that cameron he's thanks for guy, joining so. us
1: and taking some time out of your uh totally hectic busy day of sipping coffee um we appreciate you having having you on and we'll get back together with you when you when you've got all your plans laid out and uh we can talk some more but Thanks for joining us. Thanks to all our listeners out there for for hooking up and, uh, and giving us some time in their busy schedule. And, Sean, thanks to you for uh, sitting in your air-conditioned house and making sure you're not out in that 80 degrees, and I hope your cold gets better. All right, guys.
2: Thanks a lot. Talk to you guys Bye, later. Buddy. Thanks, Cameron. See you guys.